1: Remember, Bronco's
0: country is not a geographic location. It's a state of being.
1: You're welcome in, everybody. It is the Mile High Huddle podcast. I'm your host, Chad Jensen. With me, as always, my fellow football priest. You know him, you love him. Partner in crime, a.k.a. the deputy editor at Mile High Huddle, Zach Kelberman. Zach, dude, it's been a couple of days since you and I were able to sit down and chat about all things Broncos, a few things have happened. What would you say for those uh, in Broncos country within the sound of our voice right now that have been grinding, they're at work, they're doing their thing, don't have time to monitor Twitter 24-7, what's the biggest news of the day Broncos fans need to be uh, apprised of? Of the day,
2: it would be the fact that Russell Wilson reportedly reached out to Sean Payton and said that he needs to be fixed. He wants to be fixed and he's the coach that he wants to fix him. And if that's true, I give Russell Wilson a ton of credit for humbling himself and reaching out and sparking those recruiting efforts. Because if you think about the competition, who from Carolina Besides David Tepper is calling Sean Payton, who Matt Corral, the, you know, now second year quarterback, they don't really have a franchise guy. And Russell Wilson is that for the Broncos. But for the week, the biggest news since we spoke, Chad, I thought maybe at first the Sean Payton flirtation would go as the Jim Harbaugh one did. I I wasn't holding my breath, but I'm starting to more and more and more as the days go on, hold my breath and kind of get excited because there's more than just smoke with Sean Payton and the Broncos, there is sincere mutual interest. According to Mike Liss, according to a lot of reports, things are heating up. They had a multi-hour interview on Tuesday. It went really well. Sean Payton's impressed by the Broncos' ownership. He wants to work with Russell Wilson, and they have the money to pay him, which is his demand is 20 to 25 a year, which is couch cushion money for Rob Walton and Greg Penner. Let's be honest.
1: The quote. Now, this is interesting. Whenever... Normally, I'm not apt to say this about Colin Cowherd. I mean, I I respect the guy. He's a freaking legend in the field. Uh, But when it comes to Sean Payton, the things he's said, especially of late since Sean became a coveted head coaching candidate, Zach, they ring a little bit more true. There's a little bit more veracity there because they're both employed by Fox Sports. They're both hanging out in the same studio every single day. And so as things have unfolded for Sean Payton, Cowherd's been there to pick his brain and and then pass it on to uh, the public as it were. So when he said, quote, Russell Wilson has contacted Sean legally, by the way, through channels, he wants Sean Payton. He needs fixing. He knows he needs fixing close quote. That's from Colin Cowherd. Zach, I I take it with more than a grain of salt. Me too. Georgia. What's up, bro? The legendary figure, by the way, it's great to see you.
2: The God King has
1: returned. hope, Hope you're doing well, brother. But, I take it a little bit more seriously because of that connection and just some of the things he's broken, uh, Cowherd that is, since Peyton's been uh, on the prowl here in this hiring cycle, but needs fixing. Some of the other things he said real quick, and then I'm going to take this off screen real quick. Some of the other things that Sean, or that uh, Cowherd said about what makes the Denver Broncos attractive. To me, now this is just tinfoil hat stuff, okay? To me, it, it rang – as if it's coming from him regurgitating things he heard Sean Payton say about why he might like the Denver Broncos as a potential landing spot. Um, Did you interpret it at all that same way?
2: Yeah, I I think he's um, functioning as a mouthpiece for Sean Payton, Colin Coward is. And uh, uh, it sounds like there's genuine excitement about the Broncos opportunity. I saw that he mentioned Colin Coward did that he went out with Sean Payton and they had shots for the first time in years and they went out and celebrated. What are they celebrating, Chad? What are they so happy about? This is the time of year, especially when the Broncos are wrangling in a big fish or trying to, where we put on the tinfoil hat and break down everything, overanalyze everything, over scrutinize everything, track the planes, track the meals, get Mike Kliss in the bushes. This is uh, a full-on, full-court press for Sean Payton. The other question is that people had, did Russell Wilson really do that? You know, we all know that Russell Wilson's a brand bot. He speaks in cliches. He wants to come off a little more heroic than he really is. I think it's genuine, though. I think he did reach out. He was recruiting every single free agent the Broncos signed last year, and I took it to heart what he said During the season, when the season was winding down, he looked like a broken quarterback mentally, emotionally, psychologically, and he said he was willing to explore everything he's been doing from the offseason training to his diet, to his regimen, maybe to his quarterback coach. I really do believe that he's looked in the mirror and realized I do need to be fixed, and this is the guy who can help me do it.
1: It's also worth noting, and then I'm going to grab Sam Bam. It's worth noting, too, another thing Cowherd said, I'm going to paraphrase him here, all right? I didn't transcribe this for the article, so I'm going to paraphrase. I would just play the clip. Well, if it's on Twitter, what do you think? Should we roll the dice? We could play – well, it's too long, and I don't have it queued up. But what he said about Carolina, Zach, as a as a, an attractive uh, job destination for Peyton in comparison to the Broncos, I thought was very interesting. Here's the Here's me kind of loosely recapitulating that. Does Sean Payton want to go to Carolina and disappear? Uh, Basically saying that on the level of scrutiny, Carolina is just another team. They're, They're in the NFC South. There's nothing really interesting going on there. It's not a mecca of any sorts. Not to say Denver's a mecca, but then he went on to say, okay, the Broncos are the most popular team basically west of the Mississippi besides the San Francisco 49ers. Great legacy, three-time world champs, all this stuff. Plus, then he went through, Zach, and laid out the litany of the pros of what's there on offense, great defense, just got to fix that offensive line and resuscitate Russ. I thought it was interesting. And again, it made it – it came off to me like this: these are things Peyton said. Sam Bam says, hey, what's up, Uh, Chad and Zach? Thank you, by the way, Sam Bam. I hate to get my hopes up too much, but I feel like in a week from now, we will be discussing how the Broncos will do as Sean Peyton uh, as that new head coach, will see. Go Broncos. We shall see, my brother. I hope that positive uh, spark you're feeling comes to fruition.
2: Yeah, uh, Mike Kliss said the 23rd, which would be Monday, could be a day to monitor. But then he also reported yesterday the Broncos are going to probably bring in one to three finalists that they've whittled down and have second interviews. And that's how they want to do it with the corporate structure in place led by Greg Penner. Interestingly, though, Chad, even though um, Kliss reported that Uh, George Payton is safe regardless. Payton will not be actively involved in the second interviews. They're going to bring in Carrie uh, Penner, you know, his wife. They're going to have Rob Walton in the room and also Condoleezza Rice, who's been a big part of the Broncos search committee. They're all going to conduct those second interviews next week. So it won't be too much longer now before we have some clarity, but things are certainly trending in the Broncos direction to end up with Sean Payton as their next head coach.
1: Michael Ronquillo, it is great to see you, brother. Appreciate the support, as always. Um, You're the man. You're a prince. Yes, and it's worth noting, of course, Carrie Walton Penner. She is the daughter of Rob Walton, the primary owner of the Denver Broncos. Greg Penner, for those – you know, I say these things, Zach, and some people go, yeah, we know, Chad. But you got to remember, not everybody knows that. Not everybody is reading every single article and every little piece that comes out on the Broncos – that's the family element of the Walton Penners. You got daddy, Rob Walton, his daughter, Carrie, and her husband, Greg Penner. Lawrence, those glasses, though, I see you guys. That's right, dude. Yeah. Glad uh, glad to see you, Lawrence. Appreciate you, big dog. By the way, I miss Mark. Where did the God King go? Miss you, big dog. Andrew Lampy, brother, he says, Wasabi, I hope everyone had a great day. Right back at you. Right back at you. Zach, what do you uh, – Do you believe, first of all, we've talked a little bit about, not a little bit, a lot about this in the last three, four weeks, but especially since the season ended. My interpretation of Russell Wilson is after all of my kind of panic in the gut feeling through most of that season, like, gosh dang it, is he washed, here and there a flash, punctuated the season with a solid performance, two different games, solid, really good performance. You're like, okay, got some gas left in the tank. Do you believe that's how Sean Payton views Russell Wilson or could his estimation of Russell Wilson actually be far greater perhaps than that because they go back in time right to competing against Seahawks uh, Saints and then also Peyton's had his fingertips so to speak on Russ in a loose way when he coached the NFC in the Pro Bowl and that's where when we heard that one quote from Russ just gushing about Sean Payton that's where a lot of that experience that he talks about
0: came from.
2: who just buys into the media narratives about Russell Wilson and truly believes that he's irreparable and he's the worst quarterback of all time. If you watch the film, specifically the last couple games of the year when Russell Wilson had a play caller that was scheming things to his uh, you know, abilities, Russell Wilson has gas left in the tank, and he showed that throughout the year, in fact, even in week one. A lot of Broncos fans remember that game for being a loss, obviously, to Seattle. But Russell Wilson played pretty well. Not good enough to win, but certainly not horrible. So there's, there's things with Russ you can mine if you put the right pieces around him. And I think Sean Payton knows that. One thing about Payton that's nice, just like Harbaugh, he knows how to build an offensive line. They always had big, uh, brutish offensive linemen in New Orleans. That's exactly the, the mentality the Broncos need in Denver.
1: Agreed. And that's why I don't worry too much. Uh, and this was another thing that Cowherd brought up on his show today is that look, you know, you go, Oh, well, really the pieces are there on offense for Sean Payton to pick them up and turn it into something, with the exception of that's an O line that is just one big gaping hole. And he brought up how the Chargers, one of the one of the reasons for their modest success this season was in the matter of one single offseason, they went to great length to upgrade and kind of fix the O line. In other words, saying it can be done as well for the Broncos. Andrew Baker, what's good, bro? Good to see you. He says, what's up, brothers? If Peyton, George Peyton, is tied to the next head coach, who's to blame if Russ bombs out next year? MHH for life. Thank you, buddy. Interesting question. Zach, what say you? I mean, if Russ bombs the second year in a row,
2: shouldn't the finger be turned at Russ Instead of blaming the people around him, I, I guess by proxy, you can blame George Payton for acquiring Russ and paying Russ that contract. But if Russ if they hire Sean Payton and Russ doesn't take a step forward or two steps forward, then that's on the quarterback. That's on him just not being good enough and not doing enough to take that step forward. So George Payton, certainly though, I mean, this is his job on the line, regardless of how long he's retained for under Greg Penner, he has tied himself to Russell Wilson and now the next Broncos head coach.
1: Indeed. Indeed. want to say uh, what's up to a few people in the chat real quick. It's great to have you. Diamond Rattler, so consistent, always with us at the very top. Jay, what's going on? Bradley, what's going on? It's great to see so many of you. Mike Woodward in the house. What's up, buddy? Um, It feels good. I don't know, Zach. There's something in my my gut that is... I'm kind of going to echo what Sam Bam said, and I don't do this to get Broncos country's hopes up too much, but There's something telling me. There's something, I feel kind of a positive uh, vibe as it relates to how this could play out. And honestly, Zach, it wasn't even so much that Colin Cowherd confirmed today that Sean Payton did tell him as well. He was impressed by the Walton Penner group. Uh, And the Russ stuff, Russ reaching out, all that. It's more about how um, he's portraying the job as such a, attractive destination after all these different conversations Peyton has had different teams being interested it's pointing to the Denver Broncos in a very curious way now he could come out of this and go you know what nah I'm gonna stick around at Fox Sports and ride this out maybe one more year maybe two more years but I have a feeling dude that this is trending the way Broncos fans might want it to trend but just keep in mind you know you got that steep salary uh, demand, which is no skin off anyone's teeth, right? That's money, as Zach said, the Walton Penners have probably in the couch cushions. But what about the cost to get them from the Saints? Does that nag at you at all?
2: The bridge too far for me where I put my foot down is two first-round picks, which is what Jeff Duncan of NOLA.com, longtime Saints reporter, columnist, that's what he's hearing. They want the same haul uh, what Belichick went for, which is two first-round picks, I I think two second-round picks, and $8 million in cash. And I can see some cash being thrown. Certainly the Broncos have plenty of that. I can see a first-round pick. Uh, the one they got from the 49ers. Essentially, it would be Bradley Chubb for Sean Payton. I would not go to first-rounders, but I don't think it would come to that, Chad. This is posturing. This is how negotiations work. You start high, and you work your way toward the middle. I think when it's all said and done, if the Broncos do trade for Sean Payton, it would be a first-round pick this year and a third either this year or next year. That can get it done.
1: Well, I'm trying to kind of buy into... Some of the what Scott Kennedy, Mr. Producer himself, what he's selling, in terms of you know, hey, it's like what Diamond Rattler's bringing up here. Why do people keep bringing up Bradley Chubb? Makes no sense. We would be getting a new player with that draft pick, the first round pick you got in exchange. Uh, that's what we would be giving up in exchange for Peyton, not Chubb. The point that is being made here, Diamond, and that Scott talks a lot about, is that well what did that first round pick how much how did it really avail the broncos in the final analysis you had a questionable pro bowl year from chubb in 2020 you had a prolific rookie campaign that was then from then on out marred by injury consistency you could not rely on him and then in year five you turn him for a first round pick no skin off your teeth like if you were to go back in time and start from 2018 his rookie year act and go all the way forward to the time he was dealt to miami if he wasn't on the Broncos and it was some other edge rusher, it probably wouldn't have been m- much of an effect on the Broncos' ultimate destiny. That wouldn't have been what would have changed, whether or not this team was a competitor and making the playoffs and all that stuff. So the point being is that it's in potential. It's a it's a, a first-round pick in the future. It's It could be a great player that could go on to become a pro bowler and a linchpin for your club all time, or it could just be another disappointment in the first round. And, in fact – There's more, especially in Broncos' recent draft history, to point toward it not being the biggest deal. Like, look at the Broncos, say, since 2011, their first-round picks. There's Vaughn, obviously all-timer. You would never give up what you got or the opportunity to take Vaughn. But you look at a lot of those picks, Zach, in the first round. Sylvester Williams, Bradley Roby, Paxton Lynch. Okay, Uh, we could go on. No skin off your teeth if that gets you. Giving up one of those gives you Sean Payton.
2: Man, you and I – just have that that brain chemistry down i was literally thinking Sylvester williams there are way more williams than there are patrick sertans in the first round and as scott points out it's not a top five pick like chubb was it'd be number 30 31 32 even so it's basically almost a second round pick you can look at it two ways you know you're you're trading the potential for a player you're trading for potential when you be getting a sure thing back a proven commodity back in sean payton um And the other thing is, what's the good? You know, I don't want to come off like a hypocrite because I've been saying for years now, the Broncos have to use high round draft capital to address the offensive line. And here I am advocating for the Broncos to give up a first round pick to acquire a coach. But I've also advocated as of you and a lot of other people, coaching, coaching, coaching. What good is an extra lineman going to do or an extra receiver or whatever in the first round if you don't have the right coaching staff in place? Once you get that, I don't want to use a Greg Williams quote here because it'd be appropriate, but the head of the snake, you know, I'm working that quote. I'm deconstructing it backwards. It starts with that. It starts with the coaching staff and works its way down. So if you have Sean Payton in place, they can take a lineman in round three, but you'd be maximizing his potential because you have the offensive acumen already in structure.
1: Well said. Well said. Savage boy, Kev, we always try to get a Twitch on the show each and every night. Appreciate you, brother. He says, if Russ, God forbid, sucks next year, Sean Payton has everything in his favor, a full draft class, expiring contracts. He could completely uh, build this team on his own. How wouldn't that be attractive, right? Well, I really don't think um, that's as big a part of the calculus for Payton, Sean Payton, as you might think. I, My own intuition on this is that Payton recognizes how big of a product of coaching incompetence Russell Wilson's big step back in year 11 really was. And if you listen to him talk about, I mean, a lot of good stuff. Zach, obviously, when he's on TV with Fox Sports over the NFL season, it was fun watching him do his thing. Um, But even recently, sitting down with Colin Cowherd and breaking different things down on how he would prepare against opponents, how they would uh, figure out what to do in the red zone, All these different moving parts, and you realize, gosh, that's what a true adult in the room feels like, and that's what Russell Wilson was missing. That's another thing that uh, Cowherd talked a lot about today, and it sounds, again, like to me, these are things Peyton's kind of like mulling over and using him as kind of a sounding board is that part of what, when you want to talk about fixing Russ, part of that is removing the isolation factor. You know, hey, you don't need an office. Go be in the locker room with your boys hey, you don't need to work with all these different coaches outside of the Broncos' clutches. Fire these people. Stay in the building. Totally immerse yourself in Broncos' culture and Broncos' locker room and all that stuff, and that's a big part, a big step toward getting him back on the straight and narrow, so to speak, or on the mend. Zach. Uh, you
2: know, we, we talk a lot about, on paper, the Broncos could move on from Russ after this season, and the question just posited that, Sean Payton could have a clean slate and do things his way, rebuild the team. But if you thought the Russ scrutiny and the Hackett scrutiny was bad this year, if the Broncos trade a first round pick for Sean Payton, they pay Sean Payton 20, $25 million a year and they go out and they hype the season up again. And then Russell Wilson goes out and bombs again. It will be tenfold worse By taking this job, even if temporarily Sean Payton is hitching his reputation to Russ, he's going to be known as the guy who either could save Russell Wilson or could do no better than Nathaniel Hackett, one of, if not the worst coach in Broncos history. So if you want to look at this hire, if they hire Sean Payton for four years, let's say, if you want to look at it 2024, 2025, fine. But for 2023, what matters most is Russ. And you'd be a fool to believe they're not going to hire Sean Payton with Russell Wilson and fixing him in mind.
1: David Kilgore, one of our longtime Super Chat superstars here at MHH, rocking a just gorgeous YouTube profile pic, I must say. It's great to see you, DK. He says, if we do hire Peyton, and I know we have Wilson for a while, do you guys see us either drafting or signing a free agent like a young quarterback? So what would you see as the future? If Peyton arrives, Zach, what's the future of the quarterback position, even assuming that everything works out wondrously? right with with Russell Wilson what do you do because Brett Ripon showed that he's barely good enough to kind of if, if you if your quarterback goes down in the third quarter and you just need him to finish out the game that's about as good as you can hope or expect to get from Brett Ripon. if you need him to start even one game things start getting dicey
2: I was advocating for the Broncos to even use like a sixth or seventh round flyer on a rookie quarterback after the Wilson trade last year. I, you have to have some guy in the building that you can develop. And if you're going to pay Sean Payton 20, 25 a year, like I mentioned, then he has to do work beyond just Russ. You want him, you want him to build and progress the talent that's in the pipeline. So, yeah, they got to do better than Brett Rippon. They got to do better than the Josh Johnsons, Jeff Driscoll's, uh, you know, Austin Davises of the world. I would like for the Broncos to get a young rookie quarterback in the building and let Payton work his magic.
1: Phil McLaughlin in the house from Tucson, throwing down on Facebook. We love you, Phil. We love our great Facebook community on uh, Facebook. and We love it, dude. Seriously, you guys are – you have no idea, actually, how how pivotal Facebook is for MHH being able to keep the lights on every single day and our, our following there and just our dedicated members of the community clicking the links, reading the articles, jumping in on the live streams and just sharing away, liking the everything. we It's huge. It's integral to MHH's success. So much love, Phil. He says, there is no way I see Russ is actually as bad as he played last year. No quarterback has ever fallen off a cliff this fast, in my humble opinion. Go Broncos, MHH for life. Again, I'm not a huge believer in coinkedinks, all right? When you had to fire, you made your head coach, all right, was one of two – Head coaches in the Super Bowl era to be fired before his first season is even over. And that corresponds to a quarterback who's a nine time Pro Bowler in his 11th season, having a big step back regression campaign, Zach. Those two things, guess what? They're connected. All right. There is a, it's not a coincidence. My point.
2: I feel like I'm going to re- be repeating this um, a lot in the, in the coming months. Russ, it, next year, especially if they get Peyton is not going to be as bad as we saw this year, but he's never in my mind going to be the Super Bowl Russell Wilson, the elite Russell Wilson. He's getting up there in age now, 34 years old. You can tell he's slowing down a little bit. The good thing is though, they don't necessarily need that elite top five, Russell Wilson. If he just played like he played the final two games of the year, The Broncos could be a playoff team with the defense they have in place, better coaching, better discipline, cut down the penalties, improve the offensive line. If you develop Russ into a little more of a game manager instead of a a quarterback trying to take the game over constantly, you can definitely make some hay. So that's what I'm looking for with an offensive-minded coach, preferably Sean Payton.
1: That's right. If you get him back to Russ, all we actually need you to do is manage the game and operate the offense. Then guess what? When their plays are to be made, he'll make them. You know, that's what's going to happen when you put him in a situation where you say, yeah, Russ, you're the best. You can be just like Drew Brees, drop back, throw, drop back, throw, do your thing. You, no, you don't need to be the guy that is expected to go on an MVP campaign in order for us to win ball games. Play within the offense, operate the scheme, manage the game, and then everything trickles down from there. The things open up. That's what Seattle did with Russ to great success for a decade. Mark Ward, what's up, bro? I feel, he says, like we have the edge. I think we won't have to give up as much in draft picks as Carolina would as they are in the same division as the Saints. I agree with that, actually. And it's also, if I still maintain this, if Sean Payton tells Mickey Loomis, hey, I want to go to Denver, open the way, big dog, he's not going to bend the Walton Penner group over a barrel, so to speak. They're going to have to pay, don't get me wrong, but it's not going to be as if, David Tepper, owner of the Panthers, in division, as Mark says here, the, yeah, you want our guy, you're going to have to pay a heavy, heavy price. And there is a precedent uh, for what it's worth. Remember, the Parcells and Belichick trades back in the day in the 90s, okay? Those happened in division. So it's not completely unpre- – or wouldn't be completely unprecedented, Zach.
2: It would be a giant FU, though, from Mickey Loomis to Saints fans, trading one of the most storied coaches in franchise history to one of the biggest rivals in the Carolina Panthers – Um, I think Albright put it best today on Twitter where he said the Panthers cost would be two first round picks because it is a division divisional trade, but the Broncos cost, so to speak, would be something like a first and a third. And that's a lot more palatable if you want to, you know, make that big move for Sean Payton. I read though on Twitter as well, that the Panthers were docked, um, for not recruiting violations, but like uh negotiational violations in terms of hiring their head coach because david tepper's wife i believe didn't take mandatory hiring coaching hiring training something like that so sean if you're listening you don't want to be in carolina (laughs) you you don't want to be faded off into obscurity you want to be with a legacy franchise that has a storied history that is not too far away from getting back to the glory land
1: plus and this is another thing that uh, cowherd was bringing up today is like yes on one hand, you look at Denver and you go, yikes, do I want to throw down against Mahomes twice a year? Do I want to throw down with Herbert twice a year? Who knows what could happen with the Raiders? The flip side of that coin is Sean Payton and Russell Wilson teaming up. Now you're back on the primetime stage, baby. You've got Chiefs on Sunday Night Football, all these things. And the great ones, they're attracted to that flame, right? The, the incompetence, that gives them cause for pause, and they withdraw, and they recede. The great ones go, No, that's what I want. I want the stage. I want the limelight. I want the pressure. So if Sean Payton takes this job, he doesn't have to say it, but he's accepting that uh, responsibility with gusto. Lawrence Rivera, I'd be willing to do a deal on contingency, he says, meaning we'd have to win 11 games in order to cough up a first rounder to the Saints. And a deal with Payton personally for each game he wins, he gets a bonus interesting but sean payton say later i'm going back to fox sports
3: peace
2: (laughs) here's the thing with that as well it's an interesting thought lawrence to uh, make it a conditional first but if it's not a first it would be a second and the problem is, the Broncos don't have a second round pick this year. So that really wouldn't work out. I'm okay. You know, I've made my peace. You need that head coach. We've been saying it on this podcast for literal years. It's not been the quarterback misfirings that have plagued the Broncos since Peyton Manning retired. It's the head coach with after with after with. They have to get it right. They cannot come home with a consolation prize. It's got to be all in for Sean Payton.
1: What do you make? Well, let's grab Alejandro here. Thank you, Alejandro, for the super chat. And then I'll get to this other thing I wanted to ask you, something Cliss reported today. Uh, Alejandro, how do you all think that D'Amico Ryan's interview went today? Zach, have you picked up any buzz on that? It started pretty late. Um, It was before the pod, about an hour before the pod, I saw that
2: it was about to get started. Um, I'm not sure if it's in person, if it's in Denver or in San Francisco, but... Um, or whether it's – I think it's in person, but I don't know where it's taking place. I haven't heard any any results of the interview, and the Broncos, chat, have you noticed, they're not putting out those tweets anymore like they used to under Elway and um, mm. a couple of years ago where they completed the interview, they gave a little short synopsis as to how it went. They are locking things down. Radio like silence. Yeah.
1: Um, so this is something Cliss said today. Quote, sleeper candidate has emerged for the Broncos. Former Stanford head coach David Shaw – There have been ongoing discussions between Penner and candidates following these interviews. Shaw, he's a pro-style coach at Stanford, knows the NFL game, as he was a nine-year assistant with Philly, the Raiders, and Baltimore. Very interesting. Is that much ado about nothing, Zach, or is that kind of preparing for the possible disappointment of Sean Payton saying, I'm going to stay with uh, Fox Sports?
2: I I think it's more of a credit to um, how David Shaw interviewed, and apparently Condoleezza Rice who shares that Stanford connection with Shaw, was really, really impressed by Shaw's leadership and his experience. And um, he's a very wise man, and he's a very well-respected leader. I really wouldn't cry. I I want Sean Payton number one for sure, and there's a big fall-off after that. But I like um, David Shaw a lot more than some of the others. Real quick, Chad, while we have a second, I'm going to give you and and everyone else out there, I'm going to give you my power rankings of the Broncos candidates. You tell me if you agree or disagree, Chad. Peyton number one, obviously. And then there's that big fall off. And then I have Dan Quinn. I just like the fact that he's familiar with Russ. He has some experience. He, you know, he hired some good offensive minds in Atlanta. Then I have Tomiko Ryans. He does intrigue me. Then David Shaw, Raheem Morris, Jim Caldwell, and a Giro I don't think he's ready yet. Agree or disagree?
1: I would agree with that, actually. In fact, I know they're on the, pardon me, they're on the radar because they were interviewed. But like, I get to the Raheem Morris and Jim Caldwell candidacies, and I'm just kind of like, nah, I don't even think that's a legitimate. I mean, obviously they were interviewed, so it is legitimate, but I can't see the Broncos going with either of those guys as a sell to the fans that we're turning the ship around. So I'm with you on that. And Taylor says, look, Dan Quinn, he's known for blowing leads, so why him, MHH for Life? Appreciate you, dog. Well, look, Dan Quinn, Zach, he got to exercise that Super Bowl demon somewhat by sending Tom Brady home from the playoffs last week. But what's your answer to, to Taylor about Dan Quinn being known for blowing leads? Why are the Broncos interested in him? Because he's, and
2: a lot of people are saying this, and it's true, he's the John Fox type. The, the Broncos could look to hire. And what I mean by that is not necessarily the next Sean McVay, not too high of a ceiling, but a very high floor. You know what you're going to get. It's going to be consistent. It might not be the prettiest result, but you're going to win nine games, 10 games a year. And honestly, I know that's well short of the Pat Bowen standard, but who wouldn't sign up for winning nine or 10 games after, you know, winning five or six or seven the last year after a year after a year. After year? Also, like I said, he's familiar with Russell Wilson. He can bring in someone like Brian Schottenheimer that can maximize Russ's talent. He gets the defense playing really, really aggressively, really high intensity. You saw uh, the Cowboys consistently take the ball away. Every player under his tutelage pretty much in Dallas has um, progressed and thrived. So that's why I have him number two behind Sean Payton. He's experienced. He's the leader looking for, and he's everything you wanted Hackett to be in a player's coach without the hug me, everyone be my best friend, all that sort of BS.
1: Drake, Wally, what's up, brother? Good to see you, my friend. Appreciate the super chat. He says, sorry, I'm a Colts fan, and I want Frank Reich to land a gig. Is there a shot he could land as OC with Russ? He would just be so good with Russ, only in opinion. And Drake, by the way, does a lot of good – he's a great writer – and podcaster in his own right over at our sister site, HorseshoeHuddle.com on the SI Fan Nation Network. So uh, what are your thoughts, though, on his topic of Frank Reich and Russ?
2: I mean, Reich might get a head coaching job. He interviewed in Arizona, and um, I know he's a hot commodity around the NFL. It would really work, though, if you saddled – or not saddled, but I guess paired Frank Reich with a defensive mind. So like D'Amico Ryans as head coach and Frank Reich as OC, uh, that would be – Quite the consolation if you don't land Sean Payton, but I would have a hard time seeing Frank Reich settle for this OC job when so many other uh, OC jobs are out there for the taking. I think L.A., the Chargers, after moving on from Joe Lombardi, that could be where Frank Reich ends up, and that could be a great landing spot for Justin Herbert.
1: Joey Mendez, thank you for the super chat, Big Dog. Very generous of you. Appreciate you. Welcome. Stick around. Connect with us on Twitter. Join the conversation or keep the conversation going with us over there. He says, what are you fixing with regard to Russ? Been following him since college, followed him to Seattle and now Denver. He's not a rhythm and timing passer. He's going to hold on to the ball. He likes the chunk plays and the deep ball. So what are you fixing? I think uh, aside from what we already talked about earlier, Zach, as far as, hey, let's let's weave you back into this team thing and let's just do away with the office Let's do away with all these different individual co- uh, coaches you have outside of the Broncos umbrella. Aside from that stuff, okay, really it's a back to basics. It's a scheme that's suited to his strengths and weaknesses, and then it's, hey, Russ, just go operate this scheme. Let's get the O-line fixed. Let's get this ground game established, and then you make plays when the, when the uh, defense opens up, when it allows it. You know, you don't go broke taking a profit. That's a phrase that goes back – Uh, among quarterbacks years and years and decades, all right? So it's a matter of, it sounds weak sauce. It sounds like some kind of a, you know, white flag type thing here, but it's Russ because he's a dynamic player. When he has to make the play, he finds a way to make the play, all right? So if you just go back, Zach, to a posture of, Russ, operate the scheme. You don't have to be the hero on a down-in, down-out basis. You don't have to try and reinvent yourself as Drew Brees or, or Aaron Rodgers or Peyton Manning. Let's get uh, back to a version of Russ that, or an offense uh, that he was successful with in Seattle. It's not, I don't think, Zach, rocket science. I think a big culprit in this whole de-evolution of Russ was a young rookie head coach and a young inexperienced staff kowtowing to all of his wants and desires of let Russ cook, and I want to be the guy, the dropback guy, the 45 touchdowns and you know 5,000 yards guy per season. I want to be in the MVP conversation. That's the only way to do it. No, no, no. You are a nine-time pro bowler with a Hall of Fame resume doing it this other way. Let's go back to that. None of this is
2: rocket science, Chad. People overthink it and they make things a lot harder than they have to when it comes to a child's game, which is what football is. It's a game. And the the you know, sometimes what is the I forgot the um oh man, it's going to bother me. You know, the most the most logical outcome is often the most um prevalent one Occam's razor I think it's called Mm -hmm. and that's how I feel about Russell Wilson yeah you know a new coach coming in could call different plays or schematically do different things but the best way to fix Russell Wilson is to fix things around Russell Wilson fix everything that surrounds Russell Wilson that's the offensive line number one you need to beef up the running game and get that going consistently Russ is never going to thrive as he didn't in Seattle without a top flight running game and a good offensive line in front of him. Add a couple players to the receiving core. Once you do those things to get the basics down, like you were talking about, everything will fall into place and we'll see more of the week 17, week 18, Russ, than the week two, week three, Russ.
1: Gary Palmer, brother, legend, a uh, near and dear to our heart, super chat, superstar, bona fide Mount Rushmore cat right here. Gary, love you, big dog. He says, hey, Chad, Zach, Scott, Broncos country. I know Russ was horrible last year, but I think he was humbled from that experience. And by the way, that's what—that's the vibe that Colin Cowherd was putting out that he got from talking to Sean Payton about the Russ conversation was, yeah, he knows he needs to be fixed, and he thinks Sean can fix him. Gary goes on, I think we will get a different Russ next year. The eternal optimist, LOL. Hey, dude. That's what winners are. Winners are optimists. And that's what you are, Gary. Yeah, I'm, I
2: mentioned it earlier, but when he had that press conference, I can't recall exactly when, but he said, I'll do anything I can this coming off season to make myself better. And that includes my diet, what I'm eating, my training, my exercising, everything related to football on and off the field. And remember, Chad, when every teammate went to bat for him and he went up there and had tears in his eyes and said it meant the world to me. He was really, as we speculated, bogged down and bothered by the constant criticism he was getting from the moment he was traded to the Broncos, and it wore on him throughout the year. And I think he looked in the mirror and realized, I didn't play good enough. I'm tired of being made fun of. I'm tired of being a meme. I'll do anything I can to change that next year.
1: Amen, dude. Couldn't have said it better myself. Naj, what's up, brother? Talk about a legend in the house. We love you. He says, hey, bros, I like that Russ has reached out to Peyton. If nothing else, this year humbled and humanized him, in my opinion. I regret thinking Justin Outen was useless. (laughs) Too bad Hackett didn't unleash him sooner. Last season was a painful waste. Yeah, it was uh, painful, and it it does seem to have been a waste. But, Zach, Justin Outen turns out in demand. demand. You had an article on this today. Break it down for people.
2: Great minds, Chad. Yeah, uh, apparently two teams have requested interviews with Alton. It wouldn't be for an offensive coordinator role, but a spot on on their respective staffs. The Los Angeles Rams and the Tennessee Titans have put an interview, so it might not be where Alton's out of work for long, and that coincides with Hackett himself, Chad. Interviewed yesterday, I wrote for the website for the are Bron- for the Broncos for the Jets offensive coordinator job. So a couple former Broncos assistants might not be out of work very long.
1: Love you, Nash Wero. Another OG in the house saying I don't want Evero to go. Definitely don't want Sour Patch Vic Fangio back in the building. And this kind of dovetails with, uh, I think it was Diamond Rattler asking too. Hey, if if peyton is hired in denver does he keep a zero that's largely contingent zach on does ever get offered a job as a head coach if he does the broncos are going to let him go uh but if he doesn't i think sean peyton is no fool and you would have to be a fool to not want him back
2: yeah it's best case scenario you get peyton as head coach and you manage to keep uh as you around his DC and maybe prep him to take over in the future. You never really know. You definitely see a future head coach in Evero. I don't think he's quite there yet though. I think he needs another year at least to incubate as a defensive coordinator. I don't know about Vic though. That whole rumor about him tying himself to Peyton has fizzled. Um, Vic has been linked to, a couple landing spots if the if the Niners lose Ryan's for example he could go there. Miami just fired their DC today. He he was been speculated that he can land up uh with the Dolphins. It's not a sure thing that Vic would come with Sean Payton, but it's also not a sure thing either Chad that Everett would stick around regardless of who's hired. Remember he declined the Broncos interim opportunity and uh he was very close with Nathaniel Hackett. I believe I don't know if that was out, but I knew they were like best of friends and he was kind of taken aback by Hackett's firing. So there might be some bad blood that's still unsettled.
1: That nags at me a little bit, just a little bit. Not enough to say don't bring him back, but it's a question. It's definitely a question. Appreciate you, brother. Uh, yeah, Savage Boy kept bringing up how Ed Donatell fired uh, as defense coordinator of the Minnesota Vikings, Greg Roman as well. Um at Donatel not really interested right that ship no that's that's old news Greg Roman though as a coordinator what are your thoughts as we say thank you to Victor for saying I pray the team can avoid injury this next season
2: if you can combine the criticism that Pat Shermer and Nathaniel Hackett got as OCs and rolled it into one, that would be what Ravens fans have done to Greg Roman throughout the years. Even with a super talent like Lamar Jackson, they've never gotten over that hump, and uh, he's been killed on social media. Lamar Jackson, I don't think it needs to be explained, is not Russell Wilson and vice versa. It wouldn't be a good fit on paper. Though it's interesting, Chad, you mentioned David Shaw being a sleeper candidate now. Greg Roman was on staff with David Shaw at Stanford. So there's some connection there. And if Shaw does end up getting the head coaching job, maybe Roman follows him uh, to Denver.
1: I mean, the dream, if you hire Sean would be getting Pete Carmichael, his longtime coordinator and partner in crime in new Orleans, but I doubt Dennis Allen is going to be like him anytime soon. He's going to be retained. Yeah. So um, anyway, yeah. Interesting, interesting developments guys. We're at about 42 minutes. We got to keep it pretty tight tonight, all right? So we've got a little bit more time left, but any burning topics, get it in the chat. Apparently, Zach, for what it's worth, just to shift gears for a second here, Derek Wolf, according to TMZ, all right, hunted and killed a massive mountain lion that was accused of terrorizing a city in Colorado. This week, he told the story on the fan because uh, he hosts The Drive now, co-hosts it with DMACC. On 104.3, the fan. I said, what an animal, Zach. And I'm not talking about the cat. How
2: appropriate a guy with a last name Wolf takes down a mountain lion. But that's, you know, Derek doing Derek things. So, not surprising.
1: Uh, Lawrence, bro, he says, much love, guys. This daddy has got baby duties right now. Try coming back. It's all good, brother. Appreciate you. Glad uh, that you got to be in the in the conversation for as long as you were able to. Tonight, big dog. Great to see you. And that goes for each and every one of you. Big Earn in the house as well. What's up, Big Earn? Love you, big dog. Um, Okay, let me just do a quick perusal of the chat. And uh, just last topics. We got to go here very, very soon, but I just want to do one last scan here. Um, I'm looking at this picture. You know, I'm going to do a share screen real quick, and then we're going to say goodnight. For those of you who missed this, okay, (laughs) this is uh, very interesting. Uh Chrome tab. Where are we going? There we go. Check this out, dude. All right. This is the mountain lion, Derek Wolf, uh sent back home to, to God. Look at that thing, dude. He's actually holding it in his arms. Now it's not like you see a lot of those hunter pictures where they they, they shoot a buck and then they kneel like 10 feet behind the buck to take the picture to make it look like this the, the animal is like even bigger. On a scale perspective, you can see he's actually holding it in his arms. Look at the size of that animal's dome, dude. Just look at his head. My goodness, this guy is an animal. And the protector of Broncos country, Zach, in more ways than one, is Derek Wolf. Wow. Thank you, Mike.
2: Yeah, you know, paper beats rock. uh, Wolf beats lion. We learned that.
1: Confirmed. Oh, my gosh. What an animal. Okay, guys, we're going to dip out for – right now we love you don't leave quite yet though because we have a few messages for you
2: did we get the super from Victor's gaming about staying uh healthy avoiding we,
1: we got it but we didn't really address it let's let's grab it let's yeah. let's leave not anything uh unresolved
2: I just another opportunity for me to espouse my preference for the Walton penner group and the Broncos next head coach to redo and reimagine the strength and conditioning program, whether it's Lauren Landau or Vince Garcia, they cannot go into 2023 with the status quo. Um Having 23, 24 players on IR, the contracts, the money that was tied up on injured reserve was unacceptable. So I am right there with you, Victor, praying that they make a change. And I think they
1: will. The tide seems to be turning on that. So I would, I would expect, regardless of what head coach comes in here, Zach, they're looking for a major overhaul on that side of things.
2: Yeah, but thank you so much, guys, for tuning in with us. That was the Mile High Huddle podcast. If you're not following us on Twitter, be sure to do so at the MHH pod. You can follow the main account at Mile High Huddle, Chad at Chad and Jensen, myself at Kelberman NFL, and Scott at Scout Kennedy. If you guys want some merch, you know what it is, where it is, HuddleUpPod.com and get your merch on. Check it out when you can. And also, if you haven't, go to facebook.com slash pod, like that page, and follow that page. And guys and gals, if you haven't, go to Apple Podcasts. Leave your football priest a five-star review for a chance to win some of that sweet merch each and every month. But if anything, guys, please, 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 and gals, subscribe, like, and share this video and every video you see on the MHH channel. It really helps us grow and reach more Broncos fans just like you.
1: Love you. Appreciate you guys. Uh, shout out to these great super chat superstars throwing down tonight, helping us keep the lights on here at MHH, starting with Sam Bam, David Kilgore, Mark Ward, Alejandro, Taylor Christensen, Drake Wally, Joey Mendez, Gary Palmer, Naj Altof, Juero Vidal, and Victor's Gaming and Not to Be Outdone our great Facebook community. Starting with tonight, Andrew Lampy throwing down, Phil McLaughlin, Lawrence Rivera, and Michael. Ron Keogh, much love and respect tomorrow morning. Legends a mile high on the bright. And then of course, Dove Valley deep divers Friday night. Don't forget brand new MHH podcast with Thomas Hall and Ron White, the orange and blue view Saturday nights, same time as all the other shows in the evening, six mountain eight Eastern. Be there, support those guys.
2: Have a great ending to your week and a great start to your weekend guys. We'll bet we're, we'll see you Sunday night. Take care. And as always. Go Broncos.
0: Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos.